Welcome to Jay Madison's Rural America. It's a journey through the stories impacting rural economies and country lifestyles. Jay Madison's Rural America is also a production of Jefferson County Economic Development. Now here's Jay. Hey, I think that's me. Hello, everybody. Welcome to 2024. A little bit... uh, little bit uh, behind the time, a week or two, but anyways, this is our first episode of 2024, so welcome to 2024. I'm Jay Madison, your host, along with our illustrious co-host, the one, the only, Mr. Ron Robbins. How you doing out there, Ron? I'm doing great, Jay. How are you? Well, we're, we're doing good. We've uh, been in recovery mode up here in Northern... Oh, by the way, folks, in case you're feeling bad for Ron, for some reason, don't. He's in Florida. Yeah, well, <laughs> I'll tell you, Jay, We, uh, you and I both, uh, you came to Florida over Christmas, yes, right? And yes. uh, you, you caught the plague. I was home over Christmas, and I caught what I'm calling the plague anyway. I mean, my Lord, we've both been super sick and I'm, yeah. you know, I'm doing a lot better, but I'm still feeling the effects of whatever this, uh, virus is yeah. that's been going around. I mean, it's been three weeks now and I still are not back a hundred percent. That's I had a doctor's appointment this morning and he's still hitting me with the, uh, the, Kicked the getting kicked by a donkey in the butt shots. That's what I call them because man, they hurt. And uh, he said, "Oh, you know, we probably put, should have put you in the hospital, but these are doing the job, so we're going to keep doing these." And, and I'm like, "Okay, yeah, that's great. I'm glad to hear that." But yeah, it's been miserable. You and I both have been under what under the weather, and hopefully our voices hold up uh, today for the show. Um, I. My doctor said I had the flu, and then I had pneumonia in both lungs on top of it. So, uh, okay, yeah. So re- in recovery mode, uh, I- I'm feeling tremendously better than I did last Friday. Let's put it that way. So, um, yeah, it's good to good to be on the uh, on the internet with you, sir. And uh, hopefully, everything yeah. down in Florida is good. Everything's good down here. It's been a, it's a typical El Nino winter though here in Florida, uh, which is cloudy and uh, much cooler with significant rain. Much different here than last year, where it was just hot and super dry in a in a La Nina winter. Uh, so it's kind of interesting to see those pattern shifts. Uh, yeah. Of course, you know back home. Uh, we're, we're in this El Nino pattern as well, and you get a lot of nor'easters, which we talked about on previous uh, yes, we did. shows, and, uh, and that's come to fruition. Yep. And, uh, you know, and of course, this past week, we had the tremendous windstorm and then followed up with the lake effect coming around on the backspin. So it's... it's- uh, it's pretty been active uh, weather pattern. Yeah, and, you know... It- you mentioned our earlier podcast that we had uh, talking about the impacts that El Nino would have. And holy cow, that we got that one right, didn't we? Uh, oh, we sure did. I mean, it's been spot on, and it, it appears that this this is going to continue. Uh, my uh, climatologists that I follow are talking about this being an 
really. I mean, December, certainly the nor'easters were all rain, um, but now we're starting to see that uh, uh, polar vortex break out. And, uh, you know, everybody's saying that we're going to have a prolonged uh, active pattern here going well into March or even early April now of kind of the same kind of stuff. So uh, we'll get storms, we'll get a few days of cold weather, and then we'll warm up, we'll get back up in the 40s, uh, and then we'll turn right around in in several days and do it all over again. And that's going to continue over the next two or three months here. Yeah, that's that's what the patterns are looking like, and uh, um, certainly fits the El Nino pattern. And and while we're at it, and Ron and I do want to talk about uh, milk prices, what's going on with milk prices, and also some uh, geopolitical uh, uncertainties we see out there that are impacting agriculture. So we're going to get to that in a second, folks. But uh, in the meantime, just uh, real quickly, uh, the windstorm that we had this past week, that was a pretty uh, pretty unusual event. We've had windstorms in the past, uh, but there was a lot of damage caused by this one. I think the, the uh, high wind mark at the Watertown Airport was 78 miles per hour. Uh, that's, that's blowing pretty good here in Jefferson County. And we had a lot of, a lot of farm damage. And one of the things I want to mention, Ron, is just a reminder to any of the farms that are out there listening, uh, that if, if you're here in Jefferson County and you had storm damage and maybe that storm damage was, uh, part of roof blown off, uh, equipment, uh, damaged by being knocked over, um, if you have a sugar bush, if you have uh, nut tree orchards or uh, apiaries that were damaged by the wind, please contact USDA Farm Service Agency at 315-782-7289, extension 2. Again, that's 315-782-7289, extension 2. And just uh, report into them the damage uh, that you encountered and make sure that you're documenting that damage before you get it all cleaned up uh, so that you have some proof of what happened. Uh, we've gotten that information out via our regular channels, uh, our information flow, uh, but just want to remind farms to do that. Not saying that there definitely will be programs to help you recover, but we are trying to find those opportunities. And the only way we can help is if we get the information to start with and that you document the damage in the first place. So, yeah, definitely call 315-782-7289, extension 2, if you had any damage from the storm, uh, the windstorm, and then the following snowstorms uh, that came right on the heels. Um, Luckily, no loss of life. I haven't even heard of any livestock. We did have one farm injury, uh, but, uh, you know, for the most part, uh, things were pretty, pretty, uh, the, the results were better than what you would, you know, normally expect to see with, you know, uh, farm buildings being damaged by windstorms and so on. So that, that part was good. I do understand from talking to a few people that, uh, sugar bushes, uh, you know, woods have, really taken a, there's going to be a lot of damage and, you know, a lot of these sugar bushes had lines already strong and some of them leave those lines up year round. Um, 
that uh, sugar, the sugar industry is and all across the Northeast and into Vermont because that was a big windstorm and yeah, it, it went all the way into the Northeast, all the way up through to Maine, actually. And that there is a lot of damage in the in the sugar bushes. So yeah, and, de- and definitely please report that to USDA Farm Service Agency if you have a sugar bush that was damaged. I can tell you, I don't have a sugar bush, but the woods behind my house, uh, one of my trails is completely impassable. And based on the amount of huge trees that went down, it's going to remain impassable for quite a while while I get my little chainsaw and my little lawn tractor out there and try to clear those trails. So, um, yeah, quite a, I can't even imagine a sugar bush and what kind of damage occurred in that based on what I saw in the woods behind my house. Holy cow. But, yeah. um, yeah. well, Ron, want to wanna move on from, uh, very, that was a very important topic, obviously, uh, but want to move on because there's so much going on out there in the uh, world of agriculture, and in particular because dairy is so strong here in uh, northern New York and, and the northeast. Want to talk about milk prices. Um, you've been indicating to me that you're seeing milk prices declining. Yeah, so, I mean, we finished 2023 pretty strong. Uh, first half of 2023, we had... We had pretty tight margins on dairies. Then uh, the last half of the year, things improved uh, dramatically, and we finished the year fairly strong. But, uh, of course, as we uh, as we approach the end of the year, uh, first quarter, uh, milk futures uh, really declined substantially. And, uh, you know, we're, we're seeing uh, prices for, Class three uh, milk, specifically cheese, uh, decline, and that's going to really, uh, really impact dairy farm margins here. Milk prices to paid to dairy farmers uh, going into uh, the first quarter, first half of two thousand twenty-four. What what is what's driving the decline, Ron? <laughs> so. We all know inflation is alive and well, and of course we can, you know, the, the, regardless of what the so-called experts and some of the politicians tell us, we go to the grocery store and we see food inflation, we see inflation for just about everything we buy every day. And unfortunately, wages really haven't kept up here domestically with, with inflation. So, you know, consumers are having to make choices when they go to the grocery store and, uh, uh, so we're seeing somewhat of a decline in demand. I mean, hey, let's face it, by, uh, you know, how many nights a week are you buying pizza now compared to maybe what you used to do? Holy right? Moses, pizza's like eating gold fleeced yeah, fabric. And, and guess guess what the key ingredient on a pizza is? Yeah, cheese. cheese. Yep. Yeah, huge and, impact when you lose, when you lose uh, you know, uh, you know, the pizza market has a huge impact on dairy. People don't realize, you know, that mozzarella cheese or whatever type of cheese you put on your pizza, you know, when you multiply that out over the, you know, the take, for example, tonight is the the big Buffalo Bills game. Who are they playing? Um, oh, good Lord. I can't remember who they're playing. Uh, anyways. Well, we should know that, but yeah, yeah. anyway. <laughs> but uh, yeah, anyways, there, there'll there be a lot of pizza consumed, but there's definitely being less pizza consumed now because of the, 
you know, the inflation impact on it. I mean, you, you know, you buy pizza for a family of four, uh, you're looking at 50 bucks at a minimum yeah. uh, just to yeah. get started. So people are having those hard choices. And I've, I've seen and heard from people that have been telling me about reducing the amount of, you know, uh, food that they're buying, especially dairy products, uh, just because they're making hard choices. And unfortunately, I hate to see them cut out dairy because of the, you know, the nutritional value in an overall diet. But people are just making choices, and sometimes they're not so great uh, when it comes to uh, impacting milk prices and so on. Yeah, so then you couple that, Jay, with our decreased domestic demand because of inflationary fears. We exports for for dairy uh, are not all that great. Uh, they and even though our the value of our dollar, we're really competitive in the world market, but we're just not seeing uh, exports pick up like we would normally think we would see. And a lot of that is really caused by the same kind of economic pressures all around the world. Yeah. Um, and so really what we're experiencing here domestically is not a whole lot different from what other uh, economies are experiencing in other parts of the world. And, you know, China, for instance, uh, I know you and I both listen to Peter Zion uh, quite a bit, and he talks about, you know, what's happened to the economy in China. And, uh, you know, it's, it's really not good over there. And, you know, I guess a lot of times we think about China as an adversary, uh, but Hey, they're, uh, they're an important, um, trade partner, importer, uh, and trading partner. And, uh, and their consumers are, are tightening their belts. Uh, so, you know, we, uh, we also ship them an awful lot of, uh, nonfat dry milk and skim milk powder and other things, uh, you know, that are used, uh, in their diet. So, uh, I guess which kind of brings us to the point where there's just a whole lot of of geopolitical unrest right around the world right now that's creating a significant amount of uncertainty and uh, and look at what's going on in Germany with the uh, I mean the factory workers and the farmers are blocking the roads yeah so what are, what are you hearing about that I catch bits bits and pieces what are you hearing why are the farmers in Germany? Uh, out protesting. I mean, they had highways. It was it was actually fun to watch. They were had all their tractors, and they were blocking off highways like Interstate eighty one, blocked from tractors. Oh, they yeah, the Autobahn, which is I mean, like the major interstate, right? They got that thing totally shut down over there, and and the factory workers and and others are joining in with the farmers, and it, it really comes down to. Uh, a lot of climate policies and increasing taxes to pay for a lot of these uh, uh, policies that are being implemented that are really just bad for society over there. I don't blame the farmers. That's for certain because you, you, you know, you and you and I, again, have talked about it here on the show, uh, the environmental regulations that some of these European countries are putting in place um, are just having a devastating impact on 
agriculture, and it's basically a world effort to eliminate an animal agriculture. Uh, yeah, and it's, you know, and what you're seeing there, and I mean, now you're seeing in Germany, you're seeing uh, folks in the Netherlands, Poland, um, uh, they're joining in because it's spreading over there, and those policies are spreading, and, and it's happening very, very, very fast. Um, it's, it's almost light speed what has happened there and it's caught, it's catching people by surprise. And, and of course, when you get caught by surprise like that, you tend to react, uh, and you know, you've got, you've got, uh, the Germans farmers saying, we can't stomach any more of this. Uh, you know, you're, you're trying to tax us off our land. Uh, you're implementing policies that are going to make us make it impossible for us to, to farm and provide food. And, uh, we're, we can't stand it and we've got to push back. Yep. And they are, <laughs> they are, they're parking their tractors in the middle of the Autobahn. And I wasn't sure, Ron, did you, did, I wasn't sure if I was seeing what I thought think I was seeing and that was cow manure being spread down the highway as well. Oh yeah. I mean, man, the, the German <laughs> European farmers are, are great when it comes to photo ops. Right. And I mean, they, they take no, they are not bashful. Whatsoever. I guess they were bringing in tank loads of, of liquid cow manure and, and corn, corn silage and everything. And there's, and they're spreading it right on the front steps of the government building. <laughs> oh, jeez. Okay, and here's the disclaimer for the show. We're not advocating that farms no. go that far, please. <laughs> um, I don't know how they get away with it, actually. I mean, but they, uh, you know, I will say the ag sector, the farmer groups in Europe are very, very powerful and they can be very radical. There's no question, but they utilize their, their freedoms of speech and, and other and freedoms to protest very effectively. Well, when so. they're spreading cow manure on the Capitol steps, that's being pretty, <laughs> pretty effective. I think maybe <laughs> Again, disclaimer, we're not advocating that, folks, please. But, it, it, you know, there's times when it certainly crosses your mind that maybe we need to go to that point. But no, no. But, no, it re- no. you know, really what we're seeing, Jay, is, uh, is, you know, this whole geopolitical unrest that is creating a lot of uncertainty and it's creating economic hardships for normal citizens uh, with inflationary trends happening. Um, and I told a couple of farmers here, uh, in the U S here this past week, you know, if you don't think that we're, you, I mean, if you think we're immune to this happening here, uh, it's going to come here very, very fast. And, you know, these policies are all set in motion by the world economic forum, the UN, um, you know, they just had the, uh, the big powwow over there in, uh, in Davos. Dubai, right. Where, uh, the world economic forum all got together and, uh, and 
charted the the plan out and uh you know unfortunately this is what we're dealing with and uh you know, we uh, we just had a new president that's very pro-American elected in Taiwan. Uh, that's uh, you know we're seeing some. some that's uh, that's going to be an interesting. I'm sorry to to step in yeah. on you like that. Uh, it's that's definitely going to be an interesting development to watch as this year goes on, um, because we know that uh, Pre- President Xi. Uh, from China has made it abundantly clear to President Biden here in the U.S. that they intend to take Taiwan. Um, And now we have this very pro-American president in uh, Taiwan. So it's going to be an interesting year that way. And why is that important, folks? Because you have to think about where a lot of the world's shipping goes through. and where there's problems. Uh, it's either going through the Red Sea, um, where a, a lot of oil is going through the Red Sea, and then up the uh, Suez Canal, which there's major problems with the Red Sea shipping, and that's impacting you know, the flow of goods across the world. And then a lot of the world's goods flow through the uh, Straits of China. I think I said that right. Um, and if you have conflict between China and Taiwan, obviously going to be a lot harder to put all of the world's goods on ships and ship them through those, those shipping channels. So that is a huge piece of what's happening out there and how the world economy is potentially going to be impacted or is being impacted, i.e. the Red Sea with the Houthis uh, you know, yeah. firing off rockets constantly at all of the ships. And then, you know, with what the potential is for uh, China and Taiwan, that's that's pretty scary. Not to mention Russia and Ukraine. Yeah. Just. No, it's a, it's a very dangerous world out there right now. They said shipping rates uh, through the uh, the Red Sea and the Suez Canal up 700%. Wow. Jeez. Well, I think now they're, they're diverting a lot of traffic around the uh, Horn of Africa. And that's that's just, a, that's a lot longer trip and a lot more dangerous trip weather-wise because you come around the Horn of Africa into the yeah. Southern Atlantic and it's that's just a very, very rough area to put ships through. Um, yeah. So, you know, it's, yes, there is an alternative course for the shipping, but it's it's not an easy course. No, very, very concerning. What uh, they said these ships are, you know, they're they're not even going to be able to get insurance. Um, you know, and if they can get insurance, it's going to be so expensive. That's why rates are are just uh, going crazy. And of course, then you know, open border. Uh, we've got migrants uh, being housed with this winter setting in the way it is. I mean, my God, I just. It's from a humanity standpoint, I just can't understand how in today's world we can have these kinds of things happening. No, the southern border makes no sense, let alone the northern border and the problems we're having up here. But the southern border makes no sense. It, It just makes no sense. There's options. There's ways to fix this. And the United States government on both sides of the aisle has refused to do so. Hopefully we're going to see that change. 
hopefully with a new administration coming in here in, you know, uh, 2025, we'll have, you know, some very strong changes, but it needs to happen because number one, we need a, we need a good immigration system so that people can come here to work legally, legally. That's the important part, not break the laws to get into the nation, then sort of call them safe. So, so we need to fix that system and we need to make it so that people, you know, a mother and her children aren't drowning in the Rio Grande river because we have this immigration policy that we currently do. And that is just foolishness that's occurring. There are ways to fix it. There are ways to, you know, follow the laws of the United States and also bring people in that want to come here legally to work. Um, well, you sure hope we can figure that out. And you say nothing about, you know, the humanity uh, issues that are being created there on the southern border. Yeah. But then we look at the drugs and the, and the child trafficking. And, how many people have died? How many, how yeah. many, how many yeah. children are being abducted from their families elsewhere? It's horrendous. And those people aren't coming from just Mexico and Central no, America. They're all coming over from the world. Asia and all of Africa and all over the world. All so. over the world. It's it's a it's a travesty, a travesty. And continuing to let it occur the way it is is not acceptable. Not acceptable. But anyways, um, before I get fired, uh, for yeah. expressing yeah. my opinion, not my agency's opinion. Uh, we'll move on before it's boy. I'll start the year off right with this one, Ron. Uh, yeah, 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 but uh, no, it's but it, that's really you know, that agriculture is at the forefront all the time of being impacted by a lot of these uh geopolitical uh activities around the world, and you know, boy, it makes what we do in agriculture every day very, very complicated. I mean, what the, the challenges of weather and, and people and animals and, you know, that's one thing. That's something we're used to dealing with. But when you throw this other layer on top of things, it really makes the industry uh, a monumental challenge to try to maneuver through this. Yeah, it, it is going to be, and, and we need to uh, wrap up here. Uh, it is 2024 is going to be a very dynamic, interesting, and challenging year uh, for our food production systems. Not not just here in northern, excuse me, northern New York or New York, but across the United States and across the world. And uh, it's with all of the the events that are occurring worldwide and. The change, you know, changes that are going to occur here in the United States because of elections and so on. Um, It's, boy, it's going to be a lot to keep on top of it and understand everything that's happening. And and that's what Ron and I will try to do as best we can from our little corners of the world, him in Florida right now and me sitting here in Watertown, New York. uh, We'll try to stay on top of it and bring people in that can explain things better than we do. Um, but the biggest thing is, Ron, we appreciate everybody that tunes in and listens, and we do apologize for being off for a while, but uh, just the way it worked out. And so, 
Yeah, hopefully we can do a little better. We, we've talked about getting some guests in here to kind of follow up on some of these topics over the next uh, few weeks yeah. here because I think, I think this is really an important path to continue to talk about and educate folks as we, uh, as we move through the, you know, maneuver through 2024 here. It's, uh, it's, it's not, it's, it could be a wild ride. I guess. <laughs> yeah. I've got my surfboard out and a life yeah. preserver. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to strap that. Me. I'm going to strap that board to my ankle and put my life pre, uh, preserver on extra tight because it's going to be yeah, quite there. The, you go. The, okay. the rough seas. All right, Ron. Well, thank you for uh, talking to us from the uh, Southern Command Center down there in Central Southern Florida. And uh, we'll, uh, we'll definitely be in touch and talk to you next week right here on Jay Madison's Rural America. Thank you for tuning in to Jay Madison's Rural America. Make sure to join us weekly. If you have any questions about the show, call Jay at 315-782-5865. For more information, visit www.agricultureevents.com or jcida.com. Until next time, thanks for tuning in to Jay Madison's Rural America.